Welcome to episode number 52 of the Grab Blogger podcast. We're helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you, the listener, by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies that you need to build an online business around your research experience, around your expertise, and around the changes you want to make in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we have on a very special guest, Dr. Heidi Justo from CareerPathWritingSolutions.com. We're talking about just her entrepreneurship journey and starting her business as an academic. So Heidi, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the Grab Blogger podcast and sharing your journey with the audience today. Thank you. This is such a pleasure to to be here and to talk with you about my business and um, how I got started. So Heidi has a PhD in history from Duke University. And fun fact, she is um, one half of the first couples that I first couple that I've ever interviewed, but on two different podcasts. So I've interviewed her husband. <laughs> I have a claim to fame <laughs> on my other podcast for dust safety science. So this is kind of a fun, fun colliding of the worlds, I guess, when we, when we learned that we were in these two different spaces, as the audience will know, the, the purpose of grab blogger podcast is to help academics that have the goal of building a business, going down the entrepreneurship path. And I want to show the many ways that that people I know are doing this um, and doing it in, in really successful ways. So that's why I want to have Hadi on talk about her her journey. I guess a, a good place to get started is what is Career Path Writing Solutions and, and when did you get started? Great question. So Career Path Writing Solutions is a communications consulting firm. And I have built it around this concept of helping individuals and businesses succeed when the stakes are high. And what that looks like in practice is that I work with a lot of job seekers and business owners, and I also do a lot of workshops. So the job seekers category and an aspect of what I do, um, I am a resume writer. I write resumes almost every, you know, I touch or working on a resume typically five days a week. So I have multiple certifications in that. And somehow, even though I left academia, I'm, I grade resume exams. I'm on the certifying committee for the <laughs> professional resume writer credential. So I help with all aspects of a job search campaign, all the way from job search strategy and networking to resume writing, CV writing or editing, cover letters, LinkedIn, profile optimization, as well as optimizing a person's use of LinkedIn, all the way through interview prep and salary negotiation. For business owners, it looks different, but it's really the same thing, communicating your value to the world. I will work on website content, either directly through editing or brainstorming of content, the messaging, bios, and sometimes I'll edit business books as well. And I'm working on a project right now for a brochure for a business owner. So anything that is marketing collateral where a business owner is trying to share their value to the world. And this translates into works and teaching because at, and at my heart, you know, it kind of to my core, I'm an editor. And so I'm really educating people on these things as I'm delivering and so conceptually the workshops I teach are on proactive career management and professional um, like business communications and then that has recently translated into teaching a graduate level course at a local business school um, on professional development so 
that is what I do day in and day out. And I've been doing this since early 2013. So just shy of seven years. Wow. That's a quite a background. So I'm going to sum, I'm going to take an attempt at summarizing. So we have, we have job seekers and resume and support for finding a job, LinkedIn and, you know, all the different avenues to go into to finding a job. We have business owners and actually communicating their marketing message and communicating the value that they put into the, the communities that they're serving. And then we have some workshops around proactive career management, business communications, which sort of would be the two, the two prongs again. Um, and also a graduate level course. And I missed the the graduate level course topic. What was that in? Professional development. So I teach resume writing and cover letter writing and LinkedIn and interview prep to a, a program, the Global Luxury and Management Program at NC State University's Pool College of Management. So it's been uh, great. Yeah. Well, I love it. So when, so you mentioned back in 2013 is sort of when you get started, kind of take us back to that. What made you think maybe I'm not like normal people and I should start my own business or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so really taking you back, I should share that growing up in my parents' basement as a child, I had a table and I created my own little business. So in my mind as a very young kid, I, you know, I pretended I played office and I saved up my money to buy one of the calculators with a big you know, thick buttons and the tape. And I bought a ledger for all my fake clients that I had. So, so somewhere all the, frankly, like all through graduate school in my mind, I'd, I'd, and I'd talk to my husband, um, who, you know, and his name is Chris. And I'd talk about my side business and maybe I'd do this and do that. And and then, you know, reality confronts you. And in grad school, I had two children and um, just things where I was slowly realizing I didn't want to be a history professor. I still love my discipline, but it, over time, I realized that was probably not the best fit for what I wanted for my career or in my, you know, for from the life that I wanted. And so I did a lot of career exploration while I was at Duke as a grad student. So my timeline was I defended in October 2012, and then I walked, you know, it would have been May of 2013. And the previous maybe year to 18 months, I tried out different things. So I tried out being a, an editor who just edited. I didn't have interaction with the actual client. <laughs> and I realized I didn't like that. I tried out being an admissions reader for college admissions. And from that, I learned that I like helping people before they hit submit. And I worked at the writing studio at Duke for many years. And I just kind of developed this, this I, I recognized, I allowed myself to recognize that what I really like is working with writers and working with people one-on-one -on -one and in small groups. And, and I worked with a career counselor at Duke and she helped me with just kind of brainstorming my business. And so I, I got my LLC, which in the States is a very common thing you know, to do. I got it in April of 2013 and it's been smooth sailing ever since. And I, I haven't looked back other than to reflect when people ask me about it. <laughs> Which part of the business when you first got started, were you doing, was it more on the resume side or were you 
um, editing or which, mm-hmm. which piece was sort of the, the kickoff point for you or was there even one? Yeah, no, there, there absolutely was one. So I, I've always offered multiple services and I think that is just, I like that variety. You know, I like a, a variety of, of working in different genres of writing, but academic was absolutely a core offering because that is, I mean, that's what I knew. That is what I was around because I worked at Duke's writing studio. Um, now, mind you, I, I, I gradually phased out of that. So I kept that even as I started career path, but I was there for several years. And so academic editing, that's what I knew so well. So I definitely started with more of those types of projects. But I also did um, resumes and CVs. While in grad school, I, I did some professional development on learning those genres. And then I developed this, um, I guess, this reputation at the writing studio. Oh, go to her if you have a resume that you need you know, feedback on or a personal statement. And I taught those workshops there too, the personal statement workshops. And, um, and I just realized I loved them. I loved the genre of the resume. It's, a, it's like you're putting together the pieces of a puzzle and you get to shape what's actually like the, the picture of it because it's, it's another form of persuasive communication. Um, so starting out, I, I had those services. And over time, I phased out the academic editing. No, that makes sense. And I, it's good to hear that because I think a lot of our audience writes a lot. <laughs> I would, <laughs> you, I, think? you know, I, I could say that was pretty, pretty good. I know I wrote a lot, <laughs> not as much anymore, but when I was in grad school, so, but it's kind of natural, right? To, and I actually worked with an academic editor for my thesis, which was one of the best things I ever did because um, it cost a little bit of money, but my thesis came out great with very minimal requirements. And actually like you, actually incorporated the day after just the way the lawyer paperwork went in. I incorporated the day after my defense. And then four days later I was in Chicago, which is a bit of a trip for me um, launching the business. So I didn't have time. I wouldn't have been able to do any edits. So it was good that I had an editor that helped me, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a, it's a touch off point. I think people can use. So maybe even with that, did, how did you start? So you're working a bit with Duke with a job there, but on your own projects, how do you get started with the the academic editing? How do you find clients or how did that how would that look like? So I guess the first thing was I I tried to push aside my fear because I I did a lot of research and again having the the career who she was just she was tremendous and just by good fortune she had a husband who was also had an entrepreneurial side, who was an academic, but had an entrepreneurial side. So she was able to draw on that, I think, when she was helping to advise me. So because most career services aren't saying this is how you want your business. So I really had some good fortune with and I would brainstorm the idea with her. I did little focus groups on the name. I went on Facebook with, you know, to my like targeted questioning, like what comes if you think of this name. And I, I workshopped it quite a bit. And, and then I told people, right? I told, I sent out this little, I mean, it literally, it was a Facebook message to my grad school friends and people I knew in 
it was just like, I think it was one or two paragraphs. This is what I'm doing. And lo and behold, I want to say the next day, maybe it was one or two days later, I had a couple of people inquiring. One person um, was a grad school colleague and she hired me to give feedback and comment on her, her resume. And um, and then somebody else, a connection from grad school said, hey, I know someone who needs an editor. And it was an economics curriculum company. And that company is still, I'm still there. I'm their chief editor almost seven years later. But it was, but when I met with that, that company, because I remember showing up to this one-on-one meeting, not really knowing what to expect other than I knew like, well, you better look professional here, dress the part, even if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and, and we met and I, I, everything went well, but I went back to the career counselor and I told her all these like things that I was concerned about. She's like, Heidi, I think you just need to go with it. It sounds like you're, you're like creating reasons why this might not be a good fit. And she was right. So I got past the, probably what I don't know if it was imposter syndrome or or what, but I got past that and we decided to work together and I still work with that company. Yeah, I love that because that's going to be the the biggest barrier to somebody listening to this um, that that is in that position where they're just getting started. They have some skill set and they want to put it into the world. And I was going to ask, but you already, already sort of answered, I was going to ask, how did you feel when you sent that message out saying, let's the saying, hang your shingle out on the door or whatever. It's like, I'm ex- I'm accepting people now because it's scary, right? It is. You don't you don't know how people are going to respond. I remember the first few checks I got in the mail. I like called Chris and was like, "Chris, <laughs> you know I have real clients," <laughs> and it didn't take long. So you really have to get over your own fear. Now, with that said, I was mulling this over and refining the idea for about eighteen. Months. So I'm not. I'm not advocating that, oh, come up with an idea today and just launch it tomorrow. But there's a point where you have to stop hiding behind research <laughs> and, and just go for it. Yeah. And I, there's a couple paths you can go, right? You can you can throw caution to the wind and, and just start emailing people. And that's probably a good, I guess what the point that I'm trying to get to or the track I'm trying to get down is there's a real fear that if you go the online route, like uh, I do with Grabblogging, that you may never ask anyone for money. <laughs> and I'm not advocating that. Like you, you need to exercise that muscle. Or you may go your entire life not asking anyone for for a sale. On the flip side, I do believe in online marketing, um, content generation, podcasting, video as a as a form that's useful for demonstrating your expertise as a subject matter expert, as a a person with authority and expertise in the space, mm-hmm. so that you can then find more clients. But getting started. I mean, the first, the first money I made online was the same as you. I sent an email. I'd been blogging for about a year. So I had some authority built in the space. I sent an email and said, would you pay $250 to, to have your logo at the bottom of this newsletter I write? And the company emailed me back. I said, yeah, we'll take a year because it was like 250 months. I was like, oh, I, I underpriced it obviously. So here, here's three months and you know, we'll go from there. And, but it was that email. And I even, before then I even pre-sold a a course for um, labs for their students to create like a blog about their lab and stuff. I didn't end up going through the course, but it was direct emailing. You know, I emailed maybe 20 people and got like four or five people that wanted to do it. That's a really important direct path. And it's a really important muscle to get 
to get better at doing that. Otherwise, you may you may never get there. It seems like at some point you kind of moved, you were working with individuals for a while and then maybe you moved to moving more with businesses. You had that sort of your dynamic, your job seekers and your business owners. Was there a really a, a transition there? How did you move into business or were you always just doing both? Well, I definitely started out more with individuals, but I've always seen the connection because again, it's this, you know, whether you're a small business owner or, or any business that, you know, you have communicate effectively and you have to communicate your brand, your value. And it, I mean, starting out, I'd have to really go back and look, you know, my first couple years, how many businesses did I work with versus individuals? But, you know, the enemy, that's certainly, that's a, you know, it's a small company, the, the, the economics curriculum. Um, higher rock education, it's called. And so, so really, you could say in that regard, well, I've worked with businesses almost from day one, I was, you know, there, they were one of my first clients. And as time has gone on, it's, it has steadily grown, that I'm also working with business owners, I'd still, you know, in terms of do I work on more business websites or resumes, it's, it's hands down more resumes. But it's just been a gradual increase, and and I've I've come into that piece locally. So through school networking, people will will know about me, and then they hire me that way. Where the individuals looking for job seeking help, those clients come from all over the place. Although most, I mean, primarily the the U.S. and Canada. Not always, but primarily that all over the business owners is it tends to be local. So it's part of it's that networking part of when you become known for something and you give talks at certain places and you're known as uh, someone who works well with with writing and content, then it, it, it those opportunities pop up for you. And so for those those jobs or that that work. Are they then emailing you directly and saying, hey, I have a, a resume, or I'm working on putting a resume together, or are they emailing you directly on the job support and the career support? Like, how's that, what type of marketing, how are they? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, what does that look like? Yeah, people contact me, and uh, if they call my phone number, they're going to hear an, a very pleasant message from me saying, if this is an initial, you know, inquiry, please email me. That's the most effective way to set up a dedicated time to discuss your needs. So I get people, I mean, it's generally my inbox. So people contact me and I offer a free 20 minute consultation. So they use my scheduling calendar to select a time that works for them. And I call them at that time, I let them, you know, if it's for something with a job search, feel free to send your resume and or CV in advance of the call and connect on LinkedIn, which can help facilitate our conversation. <laughs> that's, a, that's just part of what goes out to everybody. And we have that call. And then I, you know, we determine together if what their needs are and if I'm a good fit and if I should send a proposal. Yeah. And I think I was going to try to get into this episode on some strategies and tips around LinkedIn because I use it a lot for my business and that, but I'm almost wondering if that's not a separate podcast episode. It it could be. I can geek out on LinkedIn, man. 
well, Chris would know because I, I shot a video about him and posted on LinkedIn um, and some other uh, some other folks. But yeah, we we did quite a bit to promote a conference that we're running through Dust Safety Science now. I think we'll hold off. Maybe if the, the listener to this really wants to hear the LinkedIn strategies, tips and trips, they should definitely go check out Heidi. But we'll record a, a separate episode on, on that because I like this discussion on the actual progression of your business. So I guess coming back to that then, the part that I did want to touch on is you're talking about workshops and you seem to be, you seem to have been doing them quite a bit along the way. Is that something you think is a, a good idea for other academics that are running online business? Try to do these, I assume they're in-person kind of workshops, right? All, so far, they have almost all been in person, but sometimes I can do, you know, a webinar as well, but I prefer the in-person and I'll do workshops. And uh, like I was at you know, um, this past year, I was at SAMPI. I was a speaker for their leadership development series, which is the Society for Advanced Materials and Process Engineering. And so, so I'll do conferences as well. And I have been doing that. I want to say, I mean, it was less than a year that I started the business, that I started doing workshops. And I did them for local institutes universities some i mean i've i've had a university fly me out to to come and give a talk so so that has been something that has been a part of what i do since almost the beginning although i didn't think about that frankly when i started so those opportunities came to me and then i realized oh <laughs> I can do this and I should have this as an offering because I really like it and it's another revenue stream. So it's a win-win in that regard. But as I've grown the business and I, I love doing workshops, so I always welcome that opportunity to do them and I hope to be continuing to do more of them. Yeah, I'm just looking at your website and you have kind of three core offers right up front. Um, applications and resumes, workshops and training, course and webinar. On the on the workshops, do you have any tips for people in in how that might look, working with universities or how even well let's let's start at the start. How do you do how do you organize your first workshop? And then maybe we'll we'll go down that road of what that looks like. So for me, doing anything has to start with me listening to somebody of what they need. So I know there are people who they have something out that says book Heidi for her talk on X. And that is a static thing. Well, for me, whether it's an initial call for a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, job search coaching and, and resume or, you know, like the one client I'm working right now with a brochure or a university who needs somebody to come in. It always has to start with me saying, tell me about your needs. How can I help? Because for me, it's very important that I customize. So I need to know my audience and what their needs are. So I think anybody starting out, I'm not saying the way I do it is the right way. I just know that it's the way that works for me and makes me feel comfortable with it because I want I want to go in feeling like yeah I'm really going to add value not I hope I have material that's going to resonate <laughs> so in some cases it might be a case of oh that's not really what I I 
I do, but here's an, another connection that would do that or exactly. And just looking in your, your website is set up that way. It's, you got kind of different angles and then ask me your questions and then ask me your questions. And that's the call to action is always contact me and ask me your questions. So I could tell that you. That is like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. which I will say I need to, I'm, I'm going to be redoing the website. There are certain things I that need, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's really a very much service minded approach. How can I help at you know, what questions do you have? After that, I would say if you're just starting out, I, again, for me, I offer workshops. I've always offered them on, on content I know really well. So this is not where I'm going to say, I'm going to come in and do a two-hour or three-hour workshop on something that is not a core competency. I would much rather turn down an opportunity than sign up for something that I have no idea how to do, which sounds obvious. And I but I think it's worth stating because I never would want to go into a situation where I'm concerned, like, am I giving the best content? You know, am I, you know, you, you want to be at the top of your game and really believing in what you're teaching to people. So there's, there's that. And then did you ask kind of like how to structure them too? Well, I'm thinking like, even so say I've now booked my workshop, it's in an area of my competency. Do you send them an outline of what you might do and then get their feedback or what's the process look like to deliver? Yeah. Well, I typically in the kind of that initial call, you're going to learn about their needs and you brainstorm together, like what is going to suit the, the, the population. The, and then I will think about that. And then at some point I definitely run I run through that with the, the contact person. I will also, I, it depends, but sometimes I have the people attending, if they're students, um, if they're members of a group, you know, to, to fill out a brief quarter in advance that I'm able to review because that really information that I'm able to, to um, tailor into. And I be, and again, this is just me. I go in knowing how everything is going to go in 10 to 15. So I'm a very rigid timekeeper. And if, and I also know when it's okay for it to go longer and where I can cut time here or there. So I would like to think it always seems very seamless and, oh, we, we, you know, to, to the people and in the room with me, but I always have plans of knowing like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to take a break at this time. And in that time I could do this. And, and just so just very much, I have a, I have a close relationship with the clock, even if nobody else knows that I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes, that makes sense. And I, you, you cut out this there, but you said you, you do structure in 10 or 15 minute kind of increments. Was that the. Yeah. They, the people attending. But I write it out for myself because it works better for me that way. And then I know, well, this, and if, if there's lots of questions and this goes a little bit over, then I can hear or trim there. So it's really, I mean, I think it's, it's very similar to teaching. You want to cover a certain amount of information and you want to make sure people have plenty of time to engage with each other and with you. And when I used to teach with like the history stuff, I always thought of like in lesson plans, like I had zippers. I can zip information in and out 
to accommodate to the dynamics of any one particular group. Oh, I love it. So yeah, we kind of transcended. We went through your getting started in your career. Um, we'll call it a career. Getting started as your own, um, starting your own business. Uh, we talked about the different groups that you serve and the different ways you serve them. Um, we talked about what you did first, which was really the the resume writing and the academic editing or academic editing first, and then moving into resume writing clients and what clients might be, you know, want good ones to work with and delivering workshops, which I, I get questions quite a bit. That's why I want to dig in on that is it seems to be an area that both has a need. There's, there's universities out there that want you to run workshops. There's, um, for instance, in my field, I get calls from insurance companies. They want workshops about industrial safety. So it's a good way, especially if, you, if you're seen as an expert and kind of have this academic background to get good at delivering those. So I, I want to dig in a bit on that. And yeah, some of the other things that we, that, that you do, I guess we'll close off. What, what's coming up in your business or what are you excited about or trying to move towards moving forward? What I'm, what I'm excited about, what I think what I'm always excited about is that I love the flexibility uh, and, and freedom of, I get to choose what I do. I don't say freedom of time so much because as you know, you run a business, you work a lot, but, but even that, you know, I'm very fortunate that I can set boundaries of when I work, when I don't, and I feel good about all that. And, and the ability of, if I want to do shops, I got to put the work in to, to have that type of those engagements, but I will get to do more workshops when I want to work with more, whoever it is, I get to, I get to choose that. So I am always excited and never take for granted that I've been able to carve out this little place in the world for myself. And I, I love it. I have this little room with a view. I know a little bit about a lot of different things because I work with uh, everyone from students to directors of pharmaceutical companies to deans who are looking to get the the higher level academic role. And it's just, it's great. I love, I love that. So I'm always excited about what I do. And what is coming up next is for me right now, I would say more of the same, more workshops. I want to do more conference talks I am committed to to trying to grow my my newsletter list and just by being more consistent with publishing my blog. So I've been doing a pretty good job of once a month, but as you know, it's hard <laughs> to be so consistent. But I'll you know more uh, publishing content to to be helping people and of course to be growing my brand even more. Well, I love it. And you could see the uh, the joy in your face kind of light up. And we're on video, so we can see each other. I know the the listener, but they could probably hear the joy in your when you're talking ab- about the freedom part and the ability to. Well, actually, I wrote a quote on my 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 habit whiteboard over there, and says, um, sort of when you get started, you're you're building a business that aligns with your life. But the quote I have there is trying to move beyond that. So it says, "Don't build a business that aligns with the life you have. Build a business that enables the life you want." So. Yeah, when you start, it's like, okay, well, here's what I know. Here's my here's my competencies. Here's you're just scrambling to build something. Um, then once you have that, then it's about okay, well, how do I now build a business that enables the the life that I want? And maybe that's spending more time with your children, or maybe that's um, 
having time to play sports in the middle of the day or something. I don't know. It depends on what it is. Right. But that's what we're all here doing. And, and I saw some of that joy in your, in your, uh, in your face when you're talking about being able to work with these different groups and these different people. So, um, I'm really excited about it, uh, what's coming up for you next. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. I would encourage anyone that is interested in any of these things we talked on job seeking, resume writing, LinkedIn, as we, I know that's a core competency for, for Hadi as well. Anything like that, definitely go check out careerpathwritingsolutions.com. And what's the best way for somebody if they want to connect with you to to learn more about what you do? Yeah, well, I would say the if they're interested to learn more about services and want to talk with me directly, then emailing me. And schedule a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, schedule a time for us to talk. Um, Heidi at careerpathwritingsolutions.com. Com. So anyone who's thinking to, I would redo that email address. It's the longest email address in the world, it feels like some days. But that is absolutely the best way if you want to have a one-on-one conversation with me. But if you just want to kind of keep in touch and know what is going on, then let's connect on LinkedIn. I am Heidi Scott Justo, G-I-U-S-T-O-P-H-D on LinkedIn. And that's a full way to, to connect and be in each other's networks. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate the time today and I look forward again to, uh, to getting you on the, the podcast in the future for, for part two LinkedIn strategies and how to be effective there. Yes, yes, yes. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Heidi. I'm sure we'll talk soon. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Dr. Heidi Justo. We've been talking through her entrepreneurial journey, her journey building a business as, as an academic, as a, a, you know, a person who has this sort of heavy research background, and the steps she took along the way. So in her journey specifically, she, she talked about working through with Duke University, not wanting to be a professor necessarily, um, so finding and testing out different roles there, really finding and enjoying academic editing, and then starting to branch out to that and branching out into resume writing. It's really finding what her skills are and doubling down on them and kind of growing her business that way. And she's been at it a long time. Uh, and, you know, it shows by the success that she's had in building that business and it being her business um, over that time, the, the amount of effort that she puts in. Um, we talked about a lot of other kind of different aspects, right? How, not only how do you get started, but how do you find clients? What kind of clients should you be working with? Uh, we talked about workshops specifically, how to run them, different uh you know, different considerations. And I really like, and this is a recurring theme. And I don't think I, I got it before I started this podcast with talking with some service providers, but this 20 minute coffee chat or to start off your business, it seems like that's a really good way to get in touch with people to start a, start a business, especially if you're in a service-based business. You can figure out what they need and kind of collect those up. I might add on top of that, keep good notes for those calls because if you pull out the commonalities between them, um, I'm sure there's other other service packages and other products that kind of come out of those calls that you may not be thinking about. So uh, we're going to close up the podcast episode there. I really appreciate every one of you listening to the podcast. Um, tag myself at grab blogger and at Heidi Justo CPWS on Twitter. And the best way to, to get in touch with Heidi again is to check out careerpathwritingsolutions.com or just go to LinkedIn and, and typed in, type in Heidi G I U S T O. I'm sure you'll be able to find her there. So until next week, I look forward to talking again and bringing you the next episode of the Grab Blogger podcast. Mm-hmm.